Chapter 31, Life Without Susie, When the Detective Called, he explained that sometime after midnight, Susie decided to walk to the corner store near her house for Excedrin and a quart of milk. She was living in Van Nuys at the time on Oxnard Street, next door to the dugout, a bar owned by the Hall of Fame pitcher Don Drysdale, two young brothers, recent immigrants from of all places, Mexico, sat in an apartment nearby and watched her walking down the street alone. They got the idea to see if the pretty woman would come back the same way. Susie went to the store and bought her milk. She left and was walking back. The brothers followed her. She hastened her pace. They chased here to the parking lot behind the bar. Susie thought she was getting away, as she was nearly to her apartment, when they jumped forward and grabbed her, pulling her into a car. In the tussle, her milk was thrown to the ground, they did unspeakable things to her. When they were finished, they decided they couldn't let her go. They shot her in the head and left. Her body lay there all night. The next morning a neighbor saw her and called the police. Detective Stephen Fisk came to the scene and interviewed witnesses, collected physical evidence, after I spoke with Detective Fisk, I was dazed. I was thinking about how Susie's life had turned out. I remembered as though it were yesterday, that day we were left at the Divine Lorraine Hotel. I wondered, if that had gone differently, how her life would be. I knew I couldn't change that and wished I'd done more to get her into therapy to help after she left the peace mission. I wished I'd kept her away from Max. I could wish and wish and wish, but all I had left after Susie was regret, I remembered I was supposed to go on a date with Lori. That world was miles away. I dialed Lori's number and all I could bring myself to say was, Lori, I'm not going to make it today. And hung up, within minutes I heard the house phone ring. My roommate answered and said, Hi, Lori. He's here, but I don't think it's a good idea to talk to him right now. His sister was murdered. He came to my bedroom door to tell me that Lori said if I needed a shoulder or an ear, she was my friend. I thought that might have just been one of those things people say. I also thought it would probably be last I would see of Lori. Susie's death was not front-page news, as it might have been years before. There were no headlines proclaiming the murder of the wife of famed Dr. Max Shapiro. No mention of the former Rosebud held in high esteem as an entertainer in the peace mission. No mention of her friendship with Max's celebrity clients or of Elvis's signature on her marriage certificate. Everything that made her who she was had faded away. There was simply a blurb about it in the local newspaper, Pop and I could think of only two other people that loved Susie as much as we did, my paternal grandparents. We thought Mexico was where her remains should be laid to rest. We decided on cremation, and after we received her ashes, Pop and I traveled to Tijuana to the Garcia family cemetery and placed Susie's ashes with grandmother Emilita and Abuelo. Leaving my sister with our ancestors was the one good thing I could do for her. Surrounded by other Garcias, Pop and I said our goodbyes. Nobody from Woodmont came or sent flowers or a card. Nobody cared at all that Susie was gone, I'm sorry, Susie, I cried. That I could never take care of you like I promised. With grandma and grandpa, you can be cared for in the afterlife. 